The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, New World Comics, Speeding Bullet Comics, All-Star Comics, Amazing Action Comics, Luton XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, and Commonplace Books, with more locations coming soon. You can find out more at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 176 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross, and live at SoonerCon, I am joined by Caleb Haldane, Nick Johnson of Red Six to Golden Corral. Guys, welcome to the show. Oh, hey, thank yeah. you so much for having us, <laughs> Michael. Great, man. This is great. This uh, this is a big year for SoonerCon. New place, new new venue, and lots of people here. Yeah, Our, this is like it's like after summer, right? Like when you're like, you know what? I put all my, I've gotten fit. I'm ready for a new school year. And you show up, and you're looking awesome. This is SoonerCon this year. <laughs> That's I, how have what have you guys been doing so far this year? Oh, we've had some uh, panels. We've we've got a table this year, and uh, it's uh, just been kind of a go 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 at this moment. This is uh, early on day two, and uh, man, I ha- have not yet caught my breath. How about you? Nick? Yeah, yeah. I d- I tell you what, we kind of planned it right this year. Normally, we you know Friday we we packed a lot of panels and stuff in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this we're easing into it Saturday. This is our ramp up day, so it's going to be. It's going to be exciting, exhausting, and all the best things probably all rolled into one right now. I think I got all my stuff done yesterday, so that made I could relax today. I think that's a better plan. (laughs) Wow. It's a good plan. No doubt. It's a good plan. Uh, We did not go that route. We are going to burn out hard. Yeah, good call. Th- thanks for throwing that in my face right now. <laughs> That's Michael. good. That's great. I'm really feeling pain tonight at the battle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm ready for it, though. So, okay. So what we really want to kind of talk about is uh, nerddom, geekdom uh, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, how much it's grown. Uh, how have you guys seen it grown in just the past few years? Uh, it's, it's been amazing. I uh, moved here in uh, 1995. And it was a very different animal as it was as it is today. You know, uh, a lot of the shops that I would go to, uh, they're not even here anymore. And those shops were like, you you didn't tell people you went there, you know? Now you celebrate nerddom. You, you celebrate the stores that also, uh, you know, help you hone your, uh, your nerddom. It's, it's great. How, how long have you been here, Nick? How long have you lived in, in Oklahoma? I've all my life. Okay, all good. 39 years as of last May. Thank you all so much. Happy birthday to me. Wait, it's last May. So you turn you turn the big 4-0 next May. Next May Whoa. is going to be a big 4-0. Yeah. What? This is great. I I have only gotten more handsomer as time goes on. It, it helps. Yeah, yes. yeah. And now you can say you you've aged well like a like a good glass no of wine. Good ball of wine. I appreciate it. We'll we'll continue this pretend <laughs> that that's going to happen. It's more like you've aged well like a fine cheese, like a wing burger. <laughs> like a little right. <laughs> right. I've cultured myself inside and you know just like like let's leave it at that. Nice nice and moldy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so what? So, what do you, have you seen uh, yeah. Geekdom grow here? Well, it's 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 one of those interesting things, right? You can see it easier on the macro, right, of the mm-hmm. timeline of it. You can see if like, oh, think back to my high school time and what my experience was there, and then compare it to what I think and see uh, my nephews, for example, who are entering high school soon, what their experience is like, and it's so different. But then you look at those micro situation uh, incidents that make the change for the macro, and I think that's recently uh you could take like all the marvel movies and stuff like this the superhero fandom has really kind of helped uh, i'm not going to say pave away because so many other things paved away for that right but 
it really has made a massive difference, I think, in, in geek culture, nerd things kind of appealing to a wider audience. Certainly what's going on the national scale has, right. has certainly helped here. But uh, sometimes don't, things don't always pick up here in Oklahoma. It takes a while. I think that's the other yeah. thing is we're about five years behind usually what's going on on the coast. And yet we're starting to pick up. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, you know, SoonerCon is a great example of that. Uh, we've noticed that some of the templates that in the more national scale don't work here. And, the, you know, the, it's the grassroots programs that really seem to take off here. And that's like SoonerCon and uh, New World Comic Con and, and more of the ones that are really homegrown, that really are trying to celebrate with their people. Uh, we find that those ones are really the ones taking off. And so I do see a difference, like you said, on the national versus local level when it comes to nerddom and geek culture. But also, like you said, that, that national way has, has led and, and made it so much more accepting that we're you know, more willing to dabble in this space than ever before. How many of you guys have you guys been going to SoonerCon? Well, uh, this is our fourth? Yes. Fourth year? Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, this is, I went in 2009, mm -hmm. and it was so much smaller. It was at this little place, a uh, little hotel in downtown, and there was very little to do. It was more of a literary con, mm -hmm. and so they, they, it was fun. You know, we had the, the, the Yard Dog Press. We had, uh, it, was, it was fun, but it wasn't this level. And just to see the line that we had yesterday of people trying to get in here uh, was just ridiculous. Absolutely it was. Now, I've got a question for you guys. You know, we're talking about conventions and Oklahoma conventions, and we're talking about uh, SoonerCon, New World Comic Con. These are all started by individuals of, the, like, staples in, you know, the Oklahoma community. Yeah. Do you think that that's something uniquely Oklahoman? Or, like, do you think that that's something, you know, um, that has some, it, the newer experience of the cons? Or They're not new. We've had them for years. Oh. But why make, what are those so popular compared to other conventions just coming in from uh, like a Wizard World or something just dropping in. Yeah, I think it's, it helps that it is locally grown uh, because we go, oh, well, these are other Oklahomans that are putting this together, not just some traveling show that, oh. that goes around. I think people go, oh, well, I can appreciate it because it's being locally done. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, and I think that advertising plays a big part in this. The way... Uh, the way we consume here in Oklahoma is really like, what are me and my people doing? Uh, you can't just come in and drop a con and, and, and th throw things on the radio and hope everyone will attend. Uh, you know, maybe in your, in your huge metroplexes like LA and Dallas and stuff like that, that works. But in places where people who really rely on their social circles for, you know, their entertainment, uh, that, that, that's not, yeah. you're not penetrating there, right. you know? So you really need these people who are in those circles yeah. to rise up and create these cons for us. And it's really hard to say uh, how it goes in, in other, I, maybe even Texas might even be this way, that, that some of the local conventions like Acon and stuff might, because those, are, those aren't traveling conventions. Those are just once a year put together by the people who are there. And that's maybe why they're so big, I think. And maybe that's why the San Diego Comic Cons and the Dragon Cons are all so big is because they are actually community-grown right. yeah. Conventions rather than just traveling traveling circuses exactly putting a label on on a convention and, yeah. and just selling it that way Yeah, it does seem like Dragon Con and Akon did kind of grow from those yeah. roots, but you know fan days and uh, The other one in Dallas mm -hmm. uh, It they don't actually feel that way to me. They do feel like put together like people came in and like dropped a con there 
Um, and I think it also shows with that because I don't think they are doing quite as well as your Dragon Con and your mm -hmm. Gen Con and, you know, uh, Akon is starting to just really grow. So, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe it's the new trend and, you know, you just don't get to see it because you see everything so surface level. You, it's hard to know the history of things. You know? Well, and Wizard World did really well when it was in Tulsa, did really poorly in Oklahoma City, yeah. uh, and then apparently it's going, so it's going back to Tulsa. Right. I, I think that, I don't know if there's anything in Tulsa, there used to be Tulsa Expo, and it fell apart, and then right like a year or two later, Wizard World came out, so it might have filled that gap in Tulsa, whereas Oklahoma City has SoonerCon, and New World Comic Con, and now uh, TokenCon, <coughs> and uh, our Extra Life events. These, sure. they, we have things, we have outlets. Yeah. Tulsa, which, Tulsa does have uh, Tokyo and Tulsa, though. That's, that's a true. Pretty great. big. Oh, that's and it's huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that brings a lot of people. That's yeah. again, it's a it's a homegrown uh, situation. But it might be different enough from your you know your your standard track con that both of them can live there. Which leads to SoonerCon uh, has been embracing a lot more of the anime this this year. How have you thought about that? Oh, I think that's great. Uh, we love going down to Acon and anime conventions. It's kind of you know one of our pins in the hat, if you will, the things we like. Uh, so that's been fantastic. I mean, all the awesome art you're getting with it, and it's just drawing more people in. And again, another thing that I think is picking up in Oklahoma more than it has in the past is a love of anime. I'm seeing that a lot more. Does that is it seeming like that to you, or is it just something that's kind of always been there, and I'm just now noticing it? Well, I'm, I'm wondering if this is not more of kind of what we're talking about, these incidents slowly happening, you know, uh, changes happening slowly. You know, maybe the, it's just becoming more acceptable mm -hmm. in social circles. And people, I would say the taboos are more being pushed aside, that they're not being stereotyped in ways that are causing people to, you know, stay away from it. Right. I just, I saw it was, well, the guy was walking down this hall with a Sailor Moon shirt. Yeah. And not a, it just, you know, just a regular guy. Walk. And you usually, I think about 10 or 15 years ago, you'd go, oh, why does that guy have a Sailor Moon shirt on? You know, sure. but now it's like, actually, that's kind of okay. Yeah. Not yeah. okay, but even cool. Like, yeah. if I see that, I'm going to, I'm going to point to that guy and say, hey, nice shirt. You know, like, yeah. you know, he's yeah, a fan. It, yeah, exactly. And I think. Maybe that's the crux of the thing here. We're all more willing to celebrate fandom in what fandom is uh, and not having to pick apart what fandom means, which is something I felt like happened 10 years ago, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's just like everybody is celebrating passion right now. Like, whether that is a passion in anime or a passion in comics or a passion in TV, fantasy, sci-fi, you're seeing that's what's bringing people together is this passion to really love your fandom. Yeah, for a while there, uh, there was that push on, on bronies, uh, guys who like My Little Pony. And I actually did, uh, because of that, I decided, well, let me watch this. I hadn't seen it because it's not my time period. That was for usually um, someone who's about 15, 20 years younger remembers when My Little Pony was, was a big deal. And so, I mean, if you're a kid, boy or girl, if you're watching something you're going to be into it. You don't think, oh, well, this is just for girls or this is, and especially since My Little Pony was never sent out to just be, this is only for boys or this is only for girls. Unlike when we were kids where it was G.I. Joe <laughs> or the Smurfs, you know, you, yeah. you had to, you had you to had choose to between the two. <laughs> uh, but I think, so, so there was that, oh, why are we a guy, but you're into My Little Pony. And, uh, and we've got, and I think we've pulled away from that, yeah. which is a good thing. I think so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, 
positives that are coming in, you know, the geek culture and, and just in general. There's some negatives I see in the horizon. You know, we're seeing a lot of like, um, oh, like, you know, reactions where fans are like Game of Thrones and Endgame and Captain Marvel, where they're being extremely divisive over, um, you know, trying to draw lines and pack mentality and stuff. That's a that's an avenue I'm hoping we we can skate away from, like uh, you know, divert like Armageddon or Deep Impact. Deep Impact's a bad one. Armageddon <laughs> would be the right. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're right on that, and, and we we hopefully it's people like us who can yeah. go. You know what? It doesn't matter what your fandom is. You're our friend. You you are a part of this, and. You know, we talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, you talk about uh, Last Jedi. Right. There were a lot of people, but I think a lot of those people that didn't like those or were online being real haters, I'm not sure if they're really fans or if they're just trolls trying to gin up this. Well, unfortunately, they could be both, right? They yes. Could, they could. They could love it and then also be, you know, miserable. Well, and I can. And, and I think. Well, but I. Th- but I think you can hate something. Like uh, it, I was. We were talking about it. Uh, Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones yeah. ended. And. I didn't actually mind the ending. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were like, oh, I hated that ending. I'm like, but that's fine. I have, I'm 50 years old. I've seen a lot of things end. Yeah. <laughs> I have, right. I've gone through like five iterations of Star Trek series yeah. that have all ended. Some of them were wonderful. Some of them were absolute bombs. Yeah. Uh, the way they ended, not, not the shows themselves. I mean, I was sitting there watching the show, so I thought the ending came and I went, meh. That just didn't do it for me. I've seen doctors uh, regenerated, and I've all these things that have gone away. And I was like, so they ended. Well, I want to know what started this though. Like, what person, like, emailed a network and got something changed? That like got something rewritten, right? When does that ever happen? It's never happened. It's so not, and it's like, not no, going to happen. Put out a season or something. Like, please rewrite it. If someone has done that successfully with something else, I would love to know like what was the sacrificial lamb in that situation. The best, the best that could possibly happen is a show gets dropped by some network, and because of fandom, it gets brought back, or oh. possibly Darth Maul. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know? there, I actually might have an answer for you. I, would, I would love it. Um, it it didn't necessarily happen in the way that you're you're saying, mm-hmm. like where someone said, "I want this changed," but. Uh, the first thing that I'm aware of that had uh, basically the internet was allowed to shape and mold was X-Files. And the reason this happened was uh, people who would mail into networks, you know, before the internet, right? And they always said, thought, like, these metrics were like, oh, 2% of the people who watch our show uh, are going to mail us. So right. we're looking at 2% of what people think. And then they would use those metrics to explain away stuff. And then the internet came along and X-Files was one of the more engaged uh, communities and they started emailing and they kept those mail network or metrics for email metrics. And they're like, Holy crap, people really, uh, (laughs) this is supposed to be only 2%. This is, yeah. And so they're like, so they, they took all of the, like, it just happened to be that this was kind of the first show where, uh, community engagement was really high on the internet and they had no way to factor things in. And so they actually started changing things based on, uh, smoking man was named due to these people. Uh, so certain things on the show was wow. because of this small group of uh, Bolton board people who were email, like, boards. yeah, directly That's... emailing. Yeah, 
That's absolutely amazing. I, I, I'm a little curious, I'm a little doubtful about it because I put in 1.2 million entries <laughs> to have myself cast <laughs> as uh, David Duchovny's role, uh, not having to, anything to do with Gillian Anderson or how uh, in love with her I was. That's right. It's just a completely separate thing. I just wanted to be an FBI agent that hunted aliens and maybe fell in love. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I could, maybe I could play Fox's you know, son or, 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 or nephew or something. Yeah, it'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, maybe it's like, oh, here... This is how it opens, like, mist rolls in, two <laughs> FBI agents come along and they go, this is an alien situation t- above us, let's let's call the X-Files X guy, and then I come in, like, on a Harley or something, I don't know, we'll work on it. <laughs> well, and, I, and again, I've, I've seen shows saved, yeah. uh, because of writing, back when they used to write in, you know, if it was big enough, they'd bring back the show, but to be able to change it, it's not going to be, and, and you're not going to make anyone happy. When you end something... You're, it, you're, you, it's two writers, three writers, however many people it takes to put this together. And that's what you got to put out. It's going to make them happy. And sometimes you don't even make the cast happy. I understand uh, the, the, the woman who played Daenerys was not necessarily happy. Although I thought it was funny. She wrote down, she, when she read it, it broke her heart that, that it happened. But she also thought back on some of the notes that the writers had been giving her over the seasons. It's like, why would you have me do this? Okay, she's a great actress. So she'd like, okay, you know, Amelia Clark's like, well, I'll I'll do it, whatever you say. But she never understood it until she thought about it. She went, oh, that's why you had me play it that way. (laughs) So that it was all leading to what ended up happening in the movie, uh, into, into the show. And that was the way Martin had, George R. R. Martin was leading anyway. It's not like they wrote away from him. Right. You know, he's already said, this is kind of how it's going to go. Well, hold on now. You're saying you, they'd spoil the books for me, Michael? <laughs> yeah, well, like anyone's, is, I, is, I'm wondering if anybody's, I'm sure there are fans out there that'll read the books now. I, I, I me. Do you, I have you read the books? Wings of Winter, like desperately, yes. The, I, that's I, like the sixth book. So are we still waiting fifth, on? I think, I think it'll be the fifth and then there'll be two more. Something like that. Maybe, I'm not. Maybe wrong See, on why? that. But you got anyways, the show. But for me, yeah. yeah. How dare you? Now, well, the, the, ni- well, the nice thing about the books, the nice thing about uh, Martin's writing is the fact that he could go into, it, it seems in the television show, there was a snap. All of a sudden, she just snapped. Whereas he could, because he can, he can narrate and he can go into her yeah. mind, yeah. that'll help kind of develop the character a little bit more, I think, than you could get in the, in the television show. But I, I enjoyed the ending, you know, I, especially sure. with what happened to Arya. I think. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it ends, and it's whether or not you yeah. like it or not. All they can do, all rewriting it does is make sure you're going to disappoint everybody. Yeah. yeah. You're going to mess somebody up. Yeah. No, no one's going to be happy with it, so you just move on. And that was the other thing was I, I, once it was over, it was like, great, next thing. Yeah. And I can't. That's the other beautiful thing I love is that there is so much to watch, uh, so much to as far as movies, television, books. There is so much more out there. When Game of Thrones ended, I went, "Great, there's something I can move on to." Michael, I have this fe- I have this picture of you in my mind of like that character played by Berth, uh, uh, Burgess Meredith in Twilight Zone, but it's at the end when he wants to finally have time to read all the books. He'll finally have time for all the fandoms, and then he breaks his glasses or whatever equivalent happens. He's no! Like, no! It's like this like, you know, fan fiction of fireflies on the wall. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> well, and that's what I was telling somebody else. Like, you know, uh, for all the people who are upset about the way of Game of Thrones ended, you might want to talk to some firefly friends. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. you got an ending. Right. I mean, right. 
you know, but it, but yeah, so things move on, and and but I think that we've we've like we were talking about the trolls, yes. and I think that I don't see that as much, especially also because I think trolls allow themselves to hide in the corner, make these little statements. Mm-hmm. When you get them out and about, they're not going to be like that because that's out and personal. Are you saying that a troll will only be courageous on the internet? I, I am saying <laughs> that. That is shocking. And I am saying shocking. that when they, even if they're fans and they get out to a place like that's this, true. they're not going to be like that because you mm-hmm. don't want to be. Yeah. You want to be, these are people that you want to be with. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to be miserable when you're surrounded by a thousand happy Han Solos and Leias and you know everything else, Darth Mauls, all the wonderful stuff. Yeah, it's hard to be mad. I was asked uh, in my Doctor Who panel was how has being a fi- fan of sci-fi and fantasy for so long shaped your opinion of how you view the world? And I just wanted your guys' thoughts on how being a fan of sci-fi and fantasy all your life has has shaped how you view humanity right now? Wow, that's a big question. Yeah, it was. I mean, first off, uh, you know, I think that a lot of that has shaped my life in a lot of ways. You know, there's so many role models that you get through literature, sci-fi, and stuff like that, that, you know, those are people you aspire to be. Uh, And you might not even realize it. It might be just working its way into your subconscious, but, you know, well, you think of yourself, if I'm ever in a situation, I'm going to do it this way. Well, maybe that's inspired by the sci-fi and stuff. So that's on a personal level. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely point to that for myself. Caleb? Yeah, I, I think that all the things that those have in common is the, the hero story and the being that right, just, moral character. Uh, those, all those came hugely into play in impacting the way I viewed good and bad, for instance. You know, it's, it's such an easy black and white line in these things, you know that you try to maybe make that happen in the real world. And, you know, I think that it's admirable to try that, even though it's not necessarily practical, you know? And so it's, it's great to have those role models who can apply such black and white morals that give you the ability to see things like that, even though you may have to apply them differently. So, yeah, right. it, it's fantastic having those kinds of things uh, growing up. And I was also thinking about how sci-fi, uh, because we've dealt with all these aliens, it's like the first time you walk into the cantina in Star Wars and you see all these different aliens, all these different types, and they're all hanging out, they're all getting together. And especially when I think about how I, I hope, and I, I, I think that the sci-fi fantasy fandom community embraces the LGBTQ community. Oh, yeah that it's so much more open. And I think it's because we have watched these, these sci-fis, these fantasies where we go, you know what, we're going to be accepting of everybody. Well, um, yeah, I think that there's something, you know, that's unique in fantasy and sci-fi where you're, you're really being exposed to things that aren't just your, your small bubble growing up and so many different things. And I think that we're all enriched for that and in being more inclusive because of that. And I think that's amazing. I think I think we all want to get to Star Trek at the end of the day. Yeah. And what is more the you know a great example of you know society coming together and and being uh, looking forward than that? Yeah, uh, that just makes me think of a very specific Star Trek episode, uh, original series. I was a kid when watching it, and I I didn't get it. it the The episode galled me. I was 
so perplexed. It's the Gorn, right? It's the Gorn. It was not. <laughs> it's this. There's these two race of people that are half black and half white. And may, the may other, this be your last battlefield. Yes, and the other ones are just the same but flipped, and <laughs> they could not get along, and they felt they were so different. And I was just like, I don't get this. And it wasn't until you know talking to my parents and realizing, well, it's it's an analogy for humans humans aren't different we we like to think we are but we're not just because one's dark skin like, and one's light yeah, skin yeah and it yeah. just was like this in my head just fireworks are going off I'm like oh my god i totally yeah. understand what is going on now That's but great. during That's the episode so awesome. i was just so how could this be real this is silly <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. you, they're just being silly which <laughs> yeah. of course as a child you go yeah because because yeah. we do we go we go into our kindergartens and we don't see black and white and female and we, you know, we just go these are the friends i'm hanging right. out with yeah. you know uh what do you guys I, I don't know when i'm gonna actually post this but what do you guys got going on for the rest of the week weekend not the week. What are you guys doing Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if, if it happens to still be the weekend, uh, we do have uh, some panels going on today. Tomorrow, Sunday, we do have a 102 podcast editing panel, uh, or workshop, workshop, rather, that yeah. uh, Caleb is doing 99% of the work on, <laughs> and I am there uh, to hand out drinks or you know whatever anyone needs. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, as for today, we've, we've got a 101. Uh, we have... Uh, a podcasting panel uh, about the present future of podcasting. And uh, there is later on in the day a sandwich panel, which should be very fun. <laughs> the sandwich panel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like fun. I, if I don't we eat a sandwich, I'm going to rage. <laughs> Someone needs to provide Nick a sandwich right yes, now. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, we'd, we're, we're all going to go insane. Uh, thank you guys very much for, for showing up, and you guys have a, a great rest of your weekend. Michael, thank you so much. Thank All you. Right. So that's our show. You can find us on our brand new home with our podcast friends at MostlyHarmless.media, also on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. That is the address for our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. You can find me on the web at KOSU. Michael C., where can people find you, Nick? Uh, you can find me at Robotical Nick on Twitter. And what's your what's your current tag that you have? Uh, I think right now I'm not sure if, if I'm I might be Robotical Nick at Sudocom, but before that it was Reverse Productive, and then uh, before that was my birthday. On my birthday. <laughs> Look, here's the thing: if you want to get birthday wishes, tell everyone your birthday. That's, yes, that's how <laughs> they do it. That's how it works. Uh, you can find me at Caleb Haldane. That's C A L E B H A L D A N E. Um, but please check us out at www.red6podcast. You can find more ways to contact us and listen to our podcast. It's a fabulous podcast. We enjoy it so much. Until next time, along with Caleb Haldane and Nick Johnson, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.